couple of stories to get to now. And joining us once again is BC's Attorney General, Nikki Sharma. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, want to talk first about the federal government's bail form legislation on its way now to becoming law. We know that Justice Minister Arif Farhani was urging MPs to accept the amendments to Bill C-48. They did so unanimously. Uh, what are your thoughts on this bail form legislation and will this make a difference? Yeah, thanks. Uh, so BC's been taking a leadership role in advocating for these specific changes. So it took a little bit longer than we had hoped, but I'm really glad that it passed unanimously in Ottawa. Um, my hope is that the justice system will have better tools to deal with repeat violent offenders. So those people that have used weapons in the past, that have used uh, bladed knives, things that are uh, a public safety concern, that now the court will have better tools to say, hey, this person should be held and kept off the streets. Um, unless there's a good reason or a good plan to have them out. And so it fills, I think, what we were saying is, is a gap in, in a, in, that we think was needed to be filled in the legal system when it comes to that. So this is a bill that expands the use of the reverse onus provisions, and that's, again, for certain offenders, I think some uh, like what you were just mentioning. Can you explain, though, what does that mean as far as the reverse onus provisions? Yeah, so it's it's a part of our our justice system already. So most of, you know everybody understands that you're innocent until proven guilty. But in some circumstances, a judge can say, "Look, we think this individual should be held before trial because there's a risk to public safety, or there's a risk to harm, or some other reasons that they might flee." Um, and in those scenarios, a judge will um, order detention before trial. And what the bail reform does is say, look, if this person has been proven to show that they've uh, been violent um, by using weapons or different things in the past and they're in on an offense, it should shift to saying this person should be held unless there's a good reason to release them. So it just gives that extra um, for a very a very um, specific group of people, repeat violent offenders, they give that extra tool in the justice and keep, to keep communities safe. Does it compel judges, though, to keep somebody behind bars, to not grant somebody bail if, if not that the boxes are checked, but if it is, say, a crime where a weapon is used or it's a repeat violent offender? Is it, is it still at the discretion of the judge, though, or does this make it more clear? Um, it, the judge always has discretion because every scenario before them is going to be different. So we have to have, for our justice and work, we have to have judges to look at each individual case. Um, to make sure that there's, you know, you're applying it to that individual, but it gives the justice system, I think, better tools to deal with repeat violent offenders because the ownership says, um, you know, like this person, because of the history, should be held unless there's a good reason to release them, unless there's something that shows that the public safety and that there's no harm to be done. So it gives like a little bit different of a consideration for a certain group of people for judges to have. There's been some pushback or, or some concern raised by, by some groups saying that this could potentially make bail more difficult to obtain for certain groups and, and pointing to the overrepresentation of Indigenous people behind bars, Black people behind bars. What are your thoughts on those concerns that have been raised? I think they're really important concerns. I, I, I think BC's approach has been um, very comprehensive. So we think it's right that repeat filing offending is sing singled out, but we also have uh, Indigenous justice strategy and, and um, anti-racism work that we're doing to make sure that the kind of negative effects of the just system are lessened on, tar on targeted groups because we know that's been harmful. Like none of the 
the solutions to, um, you know, lots of these issues are, are easy, they're complicated. So our approach is hitting it at different levels um, with our Safer Communities Action Plan. And part of that work is making sure that, um, you know, Indigenous people are not overly targeted and we can lessen the impacts and that there's a lot of a very major effort in the government for, to do anti-racism work for the systemic racism in our system. So it all has to work together. But we think the balance is if you are a repeat violent offender and have been shown to do harm to a community, then in that scenario, we need better tools. That was our focus. All right. I, I wanted to ask you as well, and uh, I, I know that you've seen the comments and, and, and you have responded to this, but, but you made some comments recently about a case in BC, and it was uh, a pretty disturbing case of voyeurism. Uh, it w- was uh, the use of a camera inside an electric toothbrush. Uh, the person charged, of, in this case, escaped jail time. Uh, you made some comments uh, about the judge in this case that is getting reaction. Can you remind us a, a bit about your comments and, and why you said this. Well, I, you know, as, as attorney general in this province, I think that it's, it's disturbing that so few people come forward and we all know the stats when it comes to sexualized violence that they experience. And in my view, the justice system needs to do a better job of making it um, better or easier for people to come forward. And that means having conversations about how it shows up in courtrooms, how it shows up um, in in various parts of the justice system. And as Attorney General, I own my part of that. Um, I own the part that we need to do better and figure out systems that I can do to make it better. And I just expect every independent actor in the justice system, whether it's judges, the Crown prosecutors, the court system, to also do that work. Um, you know, when people come forward with, with um, these harmful things, we need to understand a trauma-informed, victim-focused approach that, that understands the impacts of sexualized violence on the individual. And we need to make sure that um, people feel more comfortable coming forward um, and it's it's a crime at the end of the day, and and so few people are reporting or or seeking justice for that crime, and I think it's something for all of us to be concerned about. Uh, and in this case as well, so this was a West Vancouver man. He was given a conditional discharge after admitting to uh, putting that hidden camera, capturing nude images of an international student. Uh, in the ruling, the judge found that a marital intimacy deficit contributed to his conduct. Um, as expected, there's been a lot of, of negative response to this, people really questioning this and questioning this case. Uh, but you in particular, because you're the Attorney General, uh, there have been letters written from both the Canadian Bar Association Association, the BC branch, the Law Society of, B, uh, Society of BC, raising concerns about your comments. Do you think it's appropriate that they raised concerns about what you said about this case? Um, you know, I, I understand the independence of the judiciary, and we have a great justice system in many ways. I meet judges all the time. They're committed to their work, doing great work, and I respect that independence as, as somebody who's elected. Um, But I don't think we need to be afraid to have conversations about how our system can be better and how we can do things better. I think that's an important thing. And like I said, as Attorney General, I own my piece of that. And I think all independent actors in the justice system need to do that as well. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'd love to have a conversation with uh, the Law Society or the uh, Bar Association about the work and, 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 you know, what we need to do better when it comes to dealing with um, receiving people when they've experienced sexual assault or sexual violence because they're not coming to the justice system far too often, right? 
Right. And, and even uh, one of the comments that I found fr- in the letters saying that, that your comments risk undermining the public's confidence in the criminal justice system. I mean, I think that that horse has left the barn, hasn't it? I mean, the whole reason we're having these conversations is because people are losing confidence in that system. We have a really strong justice system, and I, I see it all the time where it's working well, but I don't think we, can, we need to be afraid about having conversations where we need to do better personally. I think that's part of our job to constantly understand how we can adapt and improve to meet what society expects of our system. I think that's part of my job as Attorney General, and I think it's part of everybody's job in the justice system, and I, I think that's work we have to do continually, right? Uh, and you talked about uh, as your role as an elected official. Do you think it would make a difference? Would it make the system more accountable if judges were elected? Um, you know, I think it's a vital part of our just system to have in, an independent judiciary that's not elected. Um, I think that that keeps it strong. And I think compared to the American model, we should be proud of that in Canada, um, that, that we have this a non-political, non-partisan judiciary that operates independently. So when somebody goes to court, they're not faced with any partisan considerations with their judgment. I think that's very important. Um, you know, I think I think um, we have something to be proud of there compared to the states. Um, and, and But to me, it's just con- continually we have to think about, and that's the responsibility we all have for such an important institution in our democracy, how we can be better, you know, how we can continually improve and respond to society. And I think that's part of all of our work. Nikki Sharma, we'll leave it there for this morning, but thank you uh, again so much for coming back on the show. Appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, thanks so much for having me.